right, everybody. Welcome to episode number two of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. I am your uh, one of your hosts, Christian. You can find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. And uh, we're coming off a weekend where the Yankees lost two out of three games to the Boston Red Sox. So, Chris, how do you feel about the team right now after dropping a series to uh, the team they're chasing in the AL East? I'm not even mad about. I'm not even mad about when they lost on Sunday. You're not gonna. You're not gonna beat a team, you know, three games easily. But they should have won Friday. That's what pisses me off. Because you blow yet another game that you. Not only did you have a lead late in the game, but you were actually down three nothing. Came back to a division rival, and then you blow it. Those are the types of losses that frustrate me a lot is that I would sometimes I almost prefer if they just roll over and die and lose than get your hopes up. Not like Sunday though. That Sunday is a loss. A loss is a loss. That's fine with me. You, they win Saturday. They should have won Friday and then they lose Sunday. But you should have been going home. You should have been in better spirits cuz you should have taken two or three. Then it it always comes back to the same thing with them. They're not scoring runs. They score now. They scored. They broke out for. I guess so. You they, can call, so they're not scoring runs. You tell me they're not scoring runs. But they they took Chris Sale and they beat him. They score six runs on on Friday again against a division rival in Boston. You're going to tell me that they're not scoring runs. Well, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. I don't care. They're still scoring runs though. All right. So they score six on uh, six. On Friday night, they left way too many runners on. When you're in the bullpen, as much as Joe Girardi and this team are in the bullpen, you're going to get bit every once in a while. And what what were they? One for eleven with runners in scoring position. Yeah, and you attributed the loss to that. And I did because if they even get two, three hits with runners in scoring position extra on top of the one they already got. That could equate to another four or five runs. But my here's my argument, right? When does that? When is the cutoff? Because what if the Yankees were one for fifty with runners in scoring position, but they scored fifteen runs? Do you still care? I think that stat only matters when your team isn't scoring runs. And six runs in a Major League Baseball game against your division rival should be enough to win the game, especially when you have put together the best bullpen in the second half easily. Like the Yankees organization has six runs is enough. I don't care if you're one for a hundred with runners in scoring position. Six runs wins you that ball game. If you're one for a hundred with runners in scoring position and you score twenty runs and you lose the game twenty two to twenty, you didn't score enough runs because the opportunities were there. You have to cash in on these opportunities. It's been a recurring theme for this team all year long. I'm not saying it's okay to leave those runners on, especially against the Red Sox. I know that. All I'm saying is you can't sit here and tell me they lost the game because of it. You put up six runs, come back, you put up six runs, and you get into your bullpen. The strength of this team, you win that game. So they didn't Put lose. up 10, they put up 15. Lose. Why do you have to leave it up to the bullpen every it night? It didn't matter. They put up 15 runs, the Red Sox end up scoring 17. I don't know. I don't know that to be true. It's true. It's true. That's not why they lost. They should have scored those runs, but it's not why they lost. You can't say that that's why they lost. They lost because their bullpen once again blew the game. Canely came in with runners in scoring position, which if Robertson was available Friday, he's my guy. I don't know why Joe keeps going to Canely with runners in scoring position. And 
right now at all in any big spot because he went to him Sunday and he clearly, you know, didn't have it either, even starting the inning fresh. He gave up a hit, a double to Leone. He hasn't had a hit in, what, 30 at-bats almost? Well, that's the issue. This is what I keep coming back to. They're in the bullpen too much. These guys, relievers have a shelf life. And if Joe keeps going, let's say Tommy Canely's a box of Cheerios, and he keeps going and getting that box of Cheerios and pouring himself a bowl, and he goes and he gets himself a box of Cheerios and pour himself a bowl, what happens when you pour too many bowls of Cheerios? You have run out of Cheerios, and that's what he's doing here. Somebody, it, you know, a guy like Tommy Canely, there was a reason why the Yankees didn't protect him when they had him originally, and he got and he was lost to the Rule Five draft. Yeah, now he's coming around. He's having a career year, but these are things that should be avoided. The Yankees need to get longer outings from their starters. Joe, we've seen this when he's had less guy when he's had the Nick Rumbelows and Nick Goodies and trot out any uh, vagabond pitcher that Joe Girardi's had come through his bullpen. Joe Girardi's had a quick trigger finger to get those guys in the game. And now, how do you think he's feeling when he's got David Robertson and Tommy Canely and Adam Warren and Chad Green out there? He probably doesn't even want to have a starting pitcher. He wants to be in the probably wants to be in the bullpen in the first inning. And you can't do that. These guys are gonna falter. How many guys not named Mariano Rivera have been consistently great for more than two or three years? Yeah, no, I know. But here's an issue, and I and I tweeted this the other day. Everyone's ripping on the Yankees starting pitching for not going deep into games, but it's not just them. It's not just the pitchers. CC was at, what, 85 pitches right around that mark in the sixth inning? And and what does Joe do? He pulls them. And, and it didn't bite him. I mean, Warren came in, I believe, and and gave up a home run, but they ended up winning the game. But, I'm, you, you know, you're right. He does have a quick a quick. Trigger leash thing. on these yeah, yeah, guys yeah. But, to, to go to him. And I don't blame him so much, but when you have a guy out there who's throwing well and not, and, and is efficient, maybe you got to manage the bullpen a little better. Everyone gives Joe so much credit for the bullpen. I don't see why. I don't think he's as great as everyone gives him credit for, to be honest. I can't really get on him for uh, pulling CC after 85 pitches because I caught the post game and he did say that they didn't want to push Sabathia further than that because how much has CC really who pitched? Cares? CC, who is CC? CC's the one guy that you can trust to give you as many innings as you need out of him. The Yankees need him to be, a and he's going to be fine. Yeah, okay, I understand that, but what? I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of all the all the BS that this team throws out. Is it every team? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't follow other teams as closely, obviously, but. It's like there's always an excuse for every little player, every pitcher, pitch count, innings count. Who cares? Let these guys pitch. This is the, they're still getting hurt. This is the era of baseball that we're in. They're oh, gonna they're gonna take extra precautions with guys. It's ridiculous. All right, let's let's move on because I'm. Yeah, his, well, we could. His face is so red right now that because I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm pissed off at this team that the. That Caleb Smith was closing out Sunday's game. That that pisses me off. <laughs> I think the Yankees have far bigger problems yeah, than uh, Caleb Smith coming in in a blowout. Uh, it wasn't a blowout. They lost five to one. But hey, the game they they were listless in that game. They had three hits. I mean, they were just looking to get on the plane and uh, head out to Detroit. As, as at that for, point, as for your theory, you know, Yankees should have won because five runs isn't enough. 
to win a ball game. It is. No. It can be. No, it's not. The Yankees didn't have the opportunity. By your theory, the Yankees should have came back and won the game. But did the Yankees have the no, same? No, because o- the Boston Red Sox horrible bullpen came out and shut the door like they're supposed to. That's and, why they won the game. All right, that's why they won the game. Not the fact that the Yankees just couldn't. They they were just dead on Sunday mm-hmm. for whatever reason. They were dead on Sunday. All right, let's move along. So basically, um, the big news coming out of the uh, Red Sox series is uh, that Aroldis Chapman is no longer the closer. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Um. I was actually just wanted to give myself props because I said that the Yankees would sweep the Mets, and they did. Okay. They went into the Red Sox series four games out. Mm-hmm. They won Friday, so they were three. Right? They lost Friday, I meant. I thought they were going to win Friday. And I was pretty close to to predicting how many games out they'd be coming into to today. I was one game off. So I did pretty well. Yeah, but it's the Mets, and the Mets are the walking dead of the Major League Baseball. Yeah. They've traded everybody that had any life to them, except for Rosario and uh, Smith, who they're trying to build okay. a team around. And how so. many how many times of late have the Yankees not been able to capitalize on bad teams? Yeah, well, you know, every uh, every scroll finds an acorn, right? Yeah. Well, listen. Next up, actually, we got to get her on here. All right, yeah, before we get into Rollis Chapman and uh, him losing his uh, his closers role, we'll get to uh, we're going to bring in our special guest right now. And uh, uh, if you uh, you know when David Cohn's doing a ball game, uh, he he's one of these uh, saber matricians. I know it aggravates you sometimes where he comes up with these uh, these stats. Cohn doesn't even know what game he's watching when he, <laughs> when he announces a game. He should. But uh, a lot of his stats uh, do come from uh, the one and only Katie Sharp, who's our guest uh, this week. Yeah, we got Katie Sharp from River River Ave Blues. Uh, definitely a blog that has gotten very popular with, with the Yankee fans. Uh, very, very well known at this point. Again, David Cohn's talking about Katie. Michael Kay's dropping Katie's name now. So her work is something that you don't read every day and we encourage everyone to go out there and read her yankee metrics articles they're dropped every at the end of every series with some crazy stats follow her on twitter at k t that's the letter k letter t sharp uh whenever the yankees are sucking and you can't stand watching the game you can look on your Twitter, and Katie will have some uh, some interesting stats for you to take a look at. Uh, so let's get her on here, ladies and gentlemen. The great, brilliant Katie Sharp. How are you, Katie? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on to uh, NYY Sports Talk. You're talking to Chris right now. I'm also with uh, Christian. He's the one who kind of sounds a little bit like this. Hey, Katie, how, how's everything going? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm getting ready. Uh, we're taping this on Tuesday, so we're getting ready to start the Tigers series, and uh, pretty excited about that. You must have had a pretty eventful weekend after the uh, Red Sox series. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I can say a lot of ups and downs, a lot of emotions there uh, if you're a fan watching the games, but it, it was fun. Not as fun as we probably would have hoped it would have been. Yeah, it would have been nice. Would have been nice to. Uh, 
win three games instead of one. But, uh, you know, we'll get them. All right, Katie. So um, the Yankee fans know you because, uh, you know, you're writing at a River at Blues and not only that, but uh, David Cohn likes to name drop you every time he does a series. Um, so we just wanted to know, uh, since you're known for your stats, is that uh, your passion or is baseball your passion or were you just, it was a combination of both that were allowed you to uh, kind of combine the two? I think, I mean, it's definitely both. Um, you know, baseball was obviously my first passion. I've, you know, ever since I was born, I think I was, I've been uh, in love with baseball and you know, I can thank my dad for that. He was a he's a big Yankees fan, so uh, there was always a Yankees game on the radio or um, you know on TV uh, when I was growing up. Um, but you know, I've always I have always had a passion for numbers. Um, you know, math class and whatnot. Uh, but uh, so it was, it's just been a dream to be able to combine those two, um, and, uh, and you know. In, into something that I, you know, I really we were getting, we were kind of getting to, you know, we didn't know if you grew up a Yankees fan. Did did your career yeah. kind of take you that way? Did you did you take it upon yourself to to lead towards covering the Yankees or you know, uh, I mean, I guess it's a dream come true for you. You get your two uh, <laughs> two passions mixed into one, and uh, you know, your career really took off in the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I definitely grew up a Yankee fan, um, and you know, like I said, you know, my dad was a huge fan. Uh, he was always, you know, we we listened to actually on the radio more often. Um, we didn't get the uh, the channels to watch on TV because we didn't live in in the New York area. Um, so I grew up listening to John and Susan on the radio every night. Um, me and my dad sitting there on the couch, and uh, he would. You know, and then it was my dad really that kind of fueled also the numbers. Um, he would always quiz me on uh, on stats and and uh, you know baseball history and everything like that. And so I really I grew up around the game, um, and I grew up loving the game. So then to be able now to to cover the Yankees, um, use the stats. And- That's a pretty cool story there. Uh, so now I don't want to age you by any means, but. Who would you say your some of your favorite players were growing up? So I grew up. And I will date myself now. I grew up in as a as a young kid in the 1980s. So uh, that was the dark days of the of the franchise in the early 90s. Um, but uh, you know, I grew up. I loved Don Mattingly. Obviously, he's a tremendous Yankee, um, and Bernie Williams too. Um, I just loved watching him play in center field. Um, so, but you know, actually, when I was growing up. And playing little league, I played little league, you know, up until they uh, grew up in high school. Um, but there weren't too many, and I played a second base uh, and shortstop, and that was the pre-Jeter years. Uh, so I didn't really have anybody on the Yankees to look up to in terms of position-wise. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite players growing up was actually Ryan Sandberg. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, that's only because he was a second baseman. And, you know, that was my position. I, I wasn't going to be uh, aspiring to be Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think many of us, I don't think many of us were uh, Chuck Knobloch playing wiffle ball in the backyard. Exactly. So you, you, you got to give me some slack there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I loved, I loved Mattingly and Bernie uh, growing up. And then when I got older, uh, Jeter and, and Gardner, you know, kind of became my favorite players. All right, Katie. So we just, um, 
what would you say was the one thing that took your career to the next level? Was it uh, working at a specific place? Was it getting the name drops from David Cohn? <laughs> well, actually, I think it was really, um, you know, I, I was a, I'm a former ESPN researcher. So that's, that's pretty much, that was my dream job growing up. Um, and then when I got that, that was in 2007, um, that, you know, that really took me off and really made me just so much better of a baseball analyst um, in terms of looking at stats and numbers and trying to tell a story. And that's really what I do right now, you know, with, with everything that I tweet out and, and write about and remember out in the loop. Um, so I would say that would definitely have to be what took my career to the next level. And then, you know, in terms of my my popularity with the uh, Yankee fans, it would probably have to be, you know, some of the name drops by Michael Kay and um, <laughs> and David Cohn, which is great. You know, I don't ever expect that. Like, I think it was just getting to be, you know, being followed by those guys and by the beat writers, uh, being retweeted by them early uh, when I was with Red Avenue Blues. Um, that really helped. I think that, that helped probably more than anything, just from an initial basis, because it was a lot more frequent <laughs> than uh, than Michael Kay or David, you know, dropping my name on a broadcast. The beat writers started to follow me, and they started to retweet me quite often, and that really that really helped uh, grow my uh, my follow base. All right, so we so like you mentioned the beat writers and Michael Kay and everybody, so. You know, sports and uh, you know, sports uh, journalism is a is, we could say it's a male-dominated industry. Have you found it being uh, difficult being a woman in such a male-dominated industry? I don't think so. No, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the way that I grew up. Um, I'll admit, I was a tomboy growing up. I played sports, um, every sport I could think of. I played. Uh, most of my friends were guys boys um and I was on I was on teams with boys growing up so I was I was pretty comfortable around men um as a kid and that just kind of made me more comfortable around them you know when I moved into the workforce and in college and and internships and everything um and so my opinion you know kind of my mentality has always been that you know if my work is good it should be respected regardless of whether I'm a male or a female or black or white or, or whatever. I was just going to say it, it, it kind of helps when, you know, there's really not too many other people out there coming up with these stats the way you do. And that kind of leads into, you know, the one thing that I'd say blows my mind the most is, you know, Gary Sanchez will hit a home run and within seconds I check I check my Twitter feed and you have some crazy you know Gary Sanchez hasn't hit a home run against a left-handed pitcher who throws 90 miles per hour or above in like 10 plus years in the minors and majors and it blows my mind some of the stuff that you can come up with and I just think it might like I think as the pitch is happening or after everything happens do you go out on a whim and do you try and find something valuable in a statistic, do you have some inclinations that this has to be rare? What what you're witnessing at the time? How do you how do you derive to these incredible statistics that you come up with so quickly? Well, first of all, thank you very much. For that compliment is here, um, and uh, I guess I think what it is is 
that I have a pretty good feel for when things are rare, rare, <laughs> when things are rare. Um, a lot of that has to do with the work I did uh, at ESPN um, because a lot of it was doing exactly this, um, you know, looking up stats, trying to tell stories to support um, information uh, from, you know, from the shows that I was working on. Um, so I got a lot, a lot, a lot of practice um, while I was a researcher at ESPN there for uh, about seven years. Um, and basically what it is is, yeah, I'm basically trying to, and I'm trying to help people understand what this means. You know, give the give the home run some context, give that RBI some context, or or maybe the shutout that they just uh, delivered um, to help people kind of understand. You know, if this is good, if this is bad. You know, should they be worried? Should they be, you know, falling, driving off a cliff? Um, and I try and be pretty rational with some of the stuff. You know, I don't don't like to be biased. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's, you know, a lot of times I do have things prepared, you know, um, that I do, I do, I do pregame work, you know, I come up with and I do my research before the games, um, of certain trends, you know, what I'm, a lot of times I'm looking for is trends coming into the game. Um, I think that's really, you know, that's things that people can really attach to and and understand uh, pretty easily. And, Um, uh. Yeah, and it's just it's fun. Um, and I, what I'm basically trying to do is just help people understand the game better. That's that's what it boils down to, I think. I I would say that your stats are a great supplement to watching the game because you know Chris and myself we've watched so much baseball over the years that there's only so much that you can grab from actually watching the game unfold in front of you. So your stats help bring. Our, I guess we can even say our enjoyment of the game to a whole nother level. Well, especially when the Yankees are blowing games in, in you know, the seventh and eighth inning, it's a little refreshing to be able to go on and, and read something interesting, at least to, to get us by. All right. So I, I, since speaking of the Yankees, since, you know, this is the Yankees podcast and uh, you do cover the Yankees, we were, we trying to get a Katie Sharp exclusive here. Uh, is there one, eye-opening stat, either positive or negative, that the 2017 Yankees can attain or have obtained that no recent team in uh, memory has? Well, I think, unfortunately, it has to go back to what I, you know, the, the bullpen collapses this year. And really, you know, the, the late-inning troubles that they've had protecting leads. Um, you know, well, I think that we, we really, really, as Yankee fans, have been spoiled um, by a uh, having such a, a consistent and lockdown bullpen during the Mar- Mariano Rivera years. I mean, it was, it was, it's not something that most teams get to experience in most fan bases. So um, I'm just going to rattle off. A- you can't limit to one and please stay on the line and listen to uh, the rest of this pod, even though these stats may not be so, so much fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, and like, you know, like I said, I'm talking about the uh, the late inning collapse this year. So the Yankees, they've got now 22 blown saves, which uh, somehow is tied for the most in the majors. Um, and it's actually, you know, with the Mariners, and it's actually the fourth most that they've had in any season uh, by any Yankee team um, since the stat was uh, was official in 1969. So and let, let me, setting record. Let me cut you off real quick and ask you a question. It does it seem as if, because I don't know what the record is for blown saves for the Yankees, 
does it seem as if with the remaining games they can easily break that record this year? Yeah, I believe it is uh, 27. I didn't don't have the actual record right <laughs> in front of it. So uh, five games, you know, they five more full saves in the next six weeks. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so yeah, and then this is not just um, a pro- you know product of the first half. They've actually had four in the 30 games since their White Sox trade when they got Robertson and Conley. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's not great. Uh, a couple other things I'd like to, you know, I'll just throw out there is uh, they've had three losses when they uh, took a lead into the ninth inning. So this is kind of the late, late, late inning problems, and that's their most uh, since 2013. Wow. Um, and then – and then you kind of get into the middle inning collapses. You know, we're, we, those are those are horrible too. So they have nine losses when leading at the start of the seventh inning, and it's also their most uh, since 2013. So nearly five years. Um, that kind of I'm sorry, uh, 2013. That was the year um, Mo went. No, was that his final year? That was, I believe, the year that he was out. He was out in. 14. No. Jeter retired in, no, in, 14. in 14. Yeah. So, you know, that just goes to show you what. Uh, so that was his final out. year, yeah. Yeah. You never thought when you were watching him, you always, you'd always, you always tell yourself I would that you would never take him for granted and you really knew, you know, what he did. But now now you really look back and you're like, you know, I, you kind of did take him for granted. Because what he did was, what he did, what he was able to do for so many years was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, we were, like I said, we were really spoiled for that. And now this team is just showing that bullpens are volatile. And that's a fact of life in in baseball for most teams. Uh, You can't really count on them. Um, And that's why you try and accumulate as many kind of bullpen arms as you can and just churn them out, churn them in. Um, and I think that, you know, that's that's going to be the rule for the Yankees. You know, this isn't going to be going away, unfortunately. It's just sort of a fact of life in baseball. Sure. Now, uh, before we wrap up, I know you're busy. I just wanted to uh, talk briefly about your Yankee Metrics articles. Now, they you post those with the River Out Blues at the end of every series, correct? Yep, that's correct. They usually go up um, – the, the day after a series concludes and they're usually posted sometime around, you know, 1130, 12, um, you know, lunchtime, perfect lunchtime reading for people. <laughs> I got to say me and Christian are, are big, big fans. We, we appreciate the work that you put into the sport, into the Yankees. Uh, everyone out there listening at KT sharp uh, is her Twitter handle. You post these on Twitter. We posted the, your most recent article they're incredible reads. Sometimes they're a little frustrating when you have to come to terms with, you know, how how difficult this team has been statistically of late. But uh, we really commend you for what for what you do and what you bring to the sport. Uh, and and you know, thanks for coming on. We we really appreciate having you. Yeah, well, I appreciate uh, I appreciate those compliments. That's really nice. Um, and it's you know, it's just a dream come true for me to be able to uh, share my knowledge, share my numbers share my stats with everybody and uh hopefully like i said like you were saying make the game a lot more enjoyable uh to watch so i uh and i appreciate you uh, having me on here 
Katie, I almost feel like if I didn't ask you this one last question, I wouldn't be doing my job because everybody, it's on every tip of everybody's tongue. Aaron Judge, is it a fluke or is he just in a slump right now? Okay. Yes, I knew that question was going to be coming. I had a feeling. Um, I think he's in a slump. And uh, the reason is because of his track record um, at every level, he's struggled. Um, and he's shown that he's been able to adjust. And he's got a, a tremendous work ethic. I think you, you can't deny that. He's got a terrific attitude. And while, you know, work ethic and attitude won't help you actually physically hit a baseball, I think a lot of the game is mental. And so that, that really helps. Um, and I think he's got a great support cast. And, you know, I'm, I fully think that he needs to, uh, you know, maybe he needs to be dropped in the order a little bit, um, you know, for the next couple games just to kind of clear his head. Um, but he needs the coaching at the major league level and he needs to see major league pitching, um, in order to get better. So, so yeah. that's my thoughts there. And, uh, honestly, I got to say, I'm, I am, I am way over the strikeout streak and that's just a part of his game. And, um, it's a fluky. I, I honestly think, you know, one strikeout per game is, um, is nothing that fans need to be kind of telling him he needs to go back to triple A or, or, or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm on board for a rebound from him. All right, Katie, once again, I mean, we can't thank you enough for coming on and spending a few minutes with us. Uh, once again, at KT Sharp on Twitter, and you can find her at River Ave Blues. So once again, Katie, thank you very much for coming on and spending some time with us today. Katie, thank you. Right. And uh, just real quick, if you could, when you have a little bit of time, I know you're busy, if you could give us a mention on Twitter with this answer, I'm dying to know uh, what judges batting averages in three two counts in the first half compared to the second if you could get me that in the in the near future i'd really appreciate it all right so three two counts three two counts first half versus second half you want those numbers i would love them absolutely i will uh, i'll tweet that out i'll put you guys in the in the tweet um and uh then uh yeah definitely that's an interesting one i think i think it's going to be pretty revealing too i think so too but i could be wrong thank you so much katie i appreciate your time we both do and uh we wish you the best of luck in the future maybe we'll touch base one day down the road maybe in the off season sounds great thanks for having me on guys thanks katie all right once again that was uh, our interview with katie sharp you can find her on twitter at kt sharp uh so chris had a special request for Katie as he wrapped up the interview and uh, we have a little bit of breaking news as uh, you guys know we record these on Tuesday for release on Wednesday the New York Yankees lineup for their Tuesday night game series opener for Detroit came out and um, I know we we're going to say we we're going to get into the bullpen which we will um, and I tweeted this the other night that now that Chapman was removed as the closer the next thing everybody was going to harp on was getting Judge out of the three hole and now Judge is out of a three-hole. He's hitting cleanup tonight. So what are your thoughts on uh, him moving out of uh, the three-hole and uh, into the cleanup spot? Stupid and idiotic. You might as well leave him. That's it. Yeah. What him him being fourth is so is worse for this team than him being third. So what? He can protect Gary Sanchez. So now Gary Sanchez. Well, I, it's just so idiotic. Sanchez is is swinging a 
pretty good bat. He's been hot as of late. He, I mean, so why would you ever touch him? Why would you ever move Judge behind him? Now you have, now you have a guy where you don't even have to piss, pitch to Sanchez anymore. How does that make any sense? How? Part of me feels like this was a move just to make a move right now. Just so people shut up about it. Don't you feel that way? Yeah, he dropped him one spot in the lineup. Great. Because so he's, he's in our power spot now. He's still in a premium. Which pre- is good because Judge is hitting a home run every like 20 at-bats. In the he's still half, in so. a premium spot in the, in the order. I think when people wanted Judge dropped, they wanted him down to 6th or 7th. Which I always... 6th I could live with, but 7th... That would have been ludic- That That's a little uh, ludicrous to me that he would go down to 7th. So every if time a guy... to bat Judge 5th, I'd be okay with it. But now you're... Why, why would you put him behind a guy who's on fire right now? Why would you put a guy who can't get a base hit to save his life behind a guy who's hot? You're, you're weakening this lineup. You are. You, there's no argument. You did something so that people shut up. What? At the expense of, at the expense of your offense. Now, I'm saying this now. He'll probably go uh, three for three tonight with two home runs because Joe Girardi seems to get bailed out. Oh, well, it's, a fair, he, it's a fair assessment. We just learned of this news. He moved him down He moved him down to the cleanup spot. That's not really dropping a guy in the order. To me, going from three to four, I, I know numerically it's a drop, but it's not really dropping somebody. You're trying... When people were saying they wanted Judge dropped, they wanted him out of a premium position in the lineup to take some pressure off of him, which I never wanted because I think it sends a bad precedent that every time the guy gets into a slump, we have to move him. All right, listen, I don't mean to cut you off, but just moments ago, I asked Katie Sharp to mention us and give us the 3-2 count Judge stat. Oh, it's up? She already posted it. She works quick, huh? In the first half, three two counts. I knew, I well, he doesn't have as many uh, plate appearances, obviously, but it's still it's still a drastic drop off. Two ninety uh, with a full count in the first half, which I actually thought it would be a little higher than that. So did but I. He's walk. He's he was walking a lot. He you know, he walked in in ninety seven plate appearances. He walked thirty five times. Uh, but now in the second half. Where do you think his batting average is? On a 3-2 count? On a 3-2 count. I bet you it's under 100. Under It's under .050. It's .045. What? Batting, whopping He's batting 045 on a full count? 045 on a full count. What does he have? Like, he's tw- walked, he walked 12, 12 times. Out of how many? 35 at, plate appearance. You know what? His... How many? He walked 30-something out of 97? He walked 35 out of 97. So he's actually... I mean, his walk ratio is about the same, in the same amount, right? It's around. I just knew it, but where he, where he differs is when he was three two in the first half. You know he's going to put a good. He swing was on either the ball. walking or he was putting putting a good part of the bat on the ball and and getting a base hit. Now he's still walking a decent amount, but how many times is he swinging over a high fastball or? Uh, under a high fastball or over a, a slider in the dirt that barely reaches the plate. I don't. What's more alarming to you that he's chasing high fastballs or he's going after off-speed stuff out of the strike zone? Neither. Uh, what's the, the most alarming 
with all of it is that he's ahead in a lot of at-bats. You have two judge at-bats right now, right? Putting aside the the actual result, which is either uh, a strikeout looking, a strikeout swinging, or a high fly ball a mile in the air to the second baseman. Those you seem to be the three results. But putting all that aside, if you watch most of his at-bats, they go one of two ways. Either one, he swings at three quick pitches or swings at a couple and the third pitch is right down the plate and he walks back to the dugout and it's a miserable at-bat. Or you have the judge at-bat where pitchers are actually trying to walk him. He's How many 3-1 counts, 3-0 counts? Is he's up 2-0, 3-1 a lot. Then he's, and that's when he starts swinging at pitches a foot off the plate. That's what's killing me. It's like he... It's like he's waiting on a 3-1 pitch. He's waiting for the pitcher to come right down the plate. And of course they're not going to. They know what the guy's capable of. And he's swinging at a slider uh, a foot off the plate. He's 3-2. He's pressing. And then all of a sudden... I was just going to ask you. You feel he's pressing? Yeah, of course. There's no other way to describe what he's doing. It's... uh, All right. So let's backtrack a little bit to the the Mets series. When he hit that friggin' home run that I don't even know how far it went... It's funny though. The, um, the guy, somebody that I work with, told me that he thought it went 536 feet <laughs> because that was the section <laughs> number. <laughs> but no, he had what he he had um he had a couple hits in that game, right? Actually, you know what? Let me stop. Let me stop right here because I feel like we're ignoring him today because we had Katie Sharp on. We did have Katie Sharp. We did have Katie Sharp. So we I feel like we're ignoring him. Stack guy, Ryan, why don't you say hello today? How's everybody doing? <laughs> can you can you look up what Judge's stat line was in that game when he hit that home run in the Mets series, please? I, I, I would like to ask Katie, but she left us, so you know. You gotta Ryan's gotta earn his money here. We we might have stack stack girl Kate. Stack girl. I don't know if she'll be okay with you calling her stack girl Kate. Why? She'd be, huh? <laughs> be honored. <laughs> Would she be honored to be called Stat Girl Kate? Hopefully, she listens to the podcast and uh, she'll tweet us back and let us know if she wants to be uh, Stat Girl Kate or not. Speaking of stat people, Ryan. All right, his line in that game was two for five. He had a home run. He struck out once. Of course. And uh, he had five total plate appearances. And uh, just the the one RBI was on the solo home run. See, but th- wasn't that the game that you felt that he was going to break out of it? That was the game because he... What are we talking about, Sunday? No, the Met game when he hit that mile-long home run. Wasn't that the game you yeah, thought he... Yeah, because you finally, you saw, you saw him put a ball, what seemed to be 500 feet into the stands, like in Seattle... And you were like, "Wow, we haven't seen." I mean, he's hit. He's hit some home runs, obviously, since the break. But I mean, he hit was, eight. That was seven. The, that was the first time in a long time that you felt good about. And uh, Girardi said that he felt he was quote over the hump, and then and then right back into it in, against Boston. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Boston, I mean, you know, we'll talk about Judge until you know. I I feel like it's going to be a common theme in our uh, in our podcast to be talking about where Aaron Judge is and what he's going to be doing. But you know, when you have the type of first half of the season that he had, I guess that's uh, comes with the territory. Speaking of people that have been demoted out of their spots, even though I don't technically find what happened to Judge to be a demotion, um, a Chapman, and I think we wouldn't be doing our jobs as your podcast host here if we didn't talk about it. He's no longer the closer of the New York Yankees. 
Um, he just had another atrocious series, and uh, Girardi finally good on Sunday in a low pressure situation. It actually wasn't a. It, in my opinion, if you're gonna bring him, if you're Joe and you're gonna bring him in when you do, you might as well just leave him in as a closer. He brought him in in a two-one game in a division race. Three to one. It was three-one. Yeah, it was three-one. You sure? Yeah, because yeah, oh, they yeah. were up two to one, and then they added, they tacked on another one against um, somebody. I don't even know. Stack guy, Rad, can you just confirm that? What are we looking up now? What was the score when Chapman came into the game on Sunday? If you can find it. I know you're not as good as Katie Sharp, but... Sorry. Throwing digs at that guy Ryan now because you got Katie Sharp on. I'm just saying. It's a big drop-off. It was 3-1. <laughs> it was 3-1. Right, was, so it was 3-1. to one. That was pretty quick. Thanks for shutting me up. Uh, it was 3-1. to one. He comes in. It's a game where if you lose, you're pretty much... I don't want to say giving up on the division, but your your focus has shifted, I think. And he went to Aroldis Chapman, who... If you're going to tell me that he needs to come into low-pressure situations and work on his stuff and get to back to where he is, you're expecting him to go out there and maybe give up two, three runs and be okay with it until he figures his stuff out. You're not expecting him to come in and shut the door. It's great if he does, but when you bring him in in a 3-1 game against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park... Girardi's expecting him not to give up well, any runs there. Well, you might as well bring him in in the ninth. Yeah, but we're not expecting him to give up any runs when he comes in as a closer. When if you're going to talk about low pressure situations, you're talking about games where we're up or down by six runs. Not yeah. not a three one game against the Red Sox. You might as well bring him in in the ninth. So because he could come in and do what he's been doing and give up. You know he could pull a Tommy Canely and give up. You know five runs. Why you, you and Tommy Canely are going to have issues? I have a feeling here. No, you know what? When you give up a number one draft pick. In Blake Rutherford, for a guy, you're not expecting him to uh, blow games against the Boston Red Sox. You brought him here for that reason. And I, and I like Tommy Canley. I think he was a great pickup. But he's not. He's clearly not doing his job right now. And I wouldn't say they. it wasn't a one-for-one one trade. David Robinson was also in Yeah, there. I know. But, but Oh, wait a minute. I, oh, my goodness. Who else was in that trade? What is going on right now in the world of sport? In the I world think the of Little League, uh, isn't the Little League World Series going on? Ryan, can you look that up? Is Little League World Series going on? I believe the Little League World Series. Who was the hero of the 1998 World Series? I think Michael K touched on it the other day, actually, for the millionth time. One millionth time, and I didn't what? even know it. I didn't. Todd Frazier, born and raised in Tom's River, New Jersey. I gotta Which say, he wasn't actually, but he he's, he's from Brick. It's not. It's the same thing. Whatever. It's like exit 98. Okay, but still, I, I just want people that uh, aren't familiar with the Jersey Shore. Frazier, when he um, he got traded here, he was living in Tom's River and driving to Yankee Stadium every day. That's a hike. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe he cut down his commute because uh, he seems to be swinging the bat a little bit better because that, that commute would tire a guy out. I really, can I can I be honest about something with him real quick? Obviously, yes. I don't want to go crazy into Todd Frazier, but you could tell. Go I, crazy for Todd Frazier. <laughs> He's such a passionate guy, and he, he loves being on this team. It's actually making him a better player this year, and you could see that in him. He, he really, he's, how many times did he come through in the Red Sox series? So you know far? what I like about Todd Frazier? He doesn't take 
crap. Remember in the Indian series, I don't recall the pitcher, but he buzzed him. Todd Frazier didn't like it. Hit a home run off of him. And I didn't watch the game on... Sorry. I didn't watch the game on Saturday night. That was me dropping my Batman pen, by the way. In case anybody was wondering what that loud thud was. Um, Loser. Loser. Uh... I didn't catch the game Saturday night because I was uh, partaking in a different event. I was at NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn, which Chris didn't like the fact that I didn't watch the Yankee game to go to that. But that's a, that's another story. Didn't he get buzzed by uh, Sale or he got hit by pitch earlier in the game? I believe he did. I, he did. And then what did he do? He hit a home run off of Sale. He, I like those types of guys. I like those gritty guys that like, no, no, you're not coming in on me. I... That's something. The Yankees are. That's one thing too. How many times does this team have an opportunity to to buzz someone back and they don't do it? And under Joe Girardi, they they have under no... Joe Girardi it hasn't even been done since Joe Torre was the manager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the it Reds was done a lot more. It was done a lot more. So I don't know. They you never messed with the Yankees. They didn't retaliate. How many? Remember the game against Pedro sent Jeter and Soriano to the hospital for X-rays. He hit them both in the same game. No one ever taught anything. Anybody ever got anything back for that? The Yankees, uh, and this is one thing I hate about the Yankees. They're a doormat most of the time when it comes to this stuff. They let, and you would think Joe Girardi, who strangled a guy in Florida. Would be, um, you know, he he'd have a tougher. I don't want to. I don't want to say they're not tough, but have a more uh, gutty team than. I'm. I'm not. The word's not coming to me, but you know what I'm saying. That say, all right, one one for me, one for you. The one, you know, the one guy that does it is CC Sabathia. CC's the. You wanna know why they can't do it? Because for the most part, it's a three-two game, or they're down by three runs. When they. Every game that they could have a chance to retaliate, you need to be up a good a good amount to do so. And, and that's I, I, you're right. And that's another thing. And I don't always want to say every time a Yankee gets hit, they need to hit somebody back because you know you can be up two to one. And and uh, let's say Judge takes one in the ribs in the top of the seventh tonight. You're up two to one. You're going to go and throw a Miguel Cabrera in the bottom half of the inning and put the tying run on. You're not going to do that. So, you know, it is situational that you would have to get retaliation. But, again, we veered off. Back to Chapman. So, Joe said he's doing closure by committee. So, basically, that means that uh, it's going to be Patances or Robertson, I guess, based on numbers. When he closed the game Saturday night, Joe said that um, Patances got the ninth inning because he didn't have him for multiple innings and he had Robertson for multiple innings. So, that's why he went that way. Do you think Joe should declare a closer? Yeah. And who should it be then? I think it should be Batances. We talked about this last uh, podcast. I, I, I'm just an old school kind of guy where I think that it takes a different mentality, preparation to to pitch in the ninth inning. We've seen it because how many times in the past has Batances been so dominant in the eighth? And not been able to be the same pitcher in the ninth. He's changed. He's been a He's lot been better. He's been a lot better this year. But I think it takes a different mentality. And I think Joe should eventually go consistently to either Robertson or Batanzas. He doesn't have to come out and say, hey, Batanzas is my closer. But for if Batanzas is pitching well in the ninth, you, you go to him again and again. And eventually we all know who. But can I be honest with you? Yes. After what Chapman did on Sunday, I wouldn't be surprised if 
tonight against the Tigers, the Yankees are up three to one in the ninth, and he goes to Araldis Chapman. I think it's too soon for that. I'm telling you, I Joe is gonna Joe is itching to get this guy back, and I don't blame him. And they need him because they you need do, him. You do need him, but so. Here, you kind of jumped on my next point. So Joe said he's going closer by committee. So does that mean that Arolis Chapman still gets save opportunities during this closer by committee phase? Like I'm not familiar, hundred percent familiar with Detroit's lineup. Suppose tonight Yanks are up three to one. Two out of the three batters coming up for Detroit are lefties. Does that mean that Chapman gets the ninth? Because you know in the binder it says lefty versus lefty. So does that mean that? It's Chapman's turn. I don't know, but I don't. I actually don't mind him going to Chapman against the lefty in a big spot because I know Devers hit a home run off of him, but he was the only the second in his career, and I don't mind Chapman coming coming in and facing a lefty in a big spot. But a big spot could be seventh inning. Yanks are That's clinging fine. to a, a five to three lead. Boston's got. Uh, runners at second and third with two out and here comes Andrew Benintendi so that could be a big spot so you know if you're not going to use a role this Chapman in those spots then I don't I don't know why he's here I don't exactly I don't I don't know what other way to say it then I don't know why he's here because the Yankees had the perfect out right I agree because when he came up lame in that uh in the Met game yeah, they could have they, they could have popped him on the on the ten day and let him work on it. But obviously, the Yankees want him on the roster. So, all right. So Chapman and Judge are these uh, these are the guys that have been dominating the airwaves lately. But uh, now it's time to get you, the fans, on the airwaves doing a little NYY sports talk trivia. We had some. Uh, we had we posted a couple tweets. If you retweeted it and you follow us, you. You uh, qualify to take part in a little trivia. Last week we gave away on a random number generator. Uh, we gave away our Yankee tickets. This week you got to actually earn it. You got to uh, you got to answer some trivia. Three questions. Three questions. I don't think they're that bad. And the winner this week, since Players Weekend is uh, coming up, and those atrocious jerseys are uh, going to be on display, uh, they can win their choice of a Gary Sanchez or. Aaron Judge player weekend t-shirt so your t-shirt will either say Kraken or All Rise on the back of it so I think Chris is going to queue up the first contestant I'm going to get Ryan Lerman on the phone see what he's got (laughs) oh look at that Nah, let's not rub it in. All right, next. I don't want to bleep the number because how do you pick up your phone? These, I mean, they know I'm calling, but do you pick up your phone if it was if there's a block number? I would have a higher percentage of picking up the phone if a phone number showed up as opposed to a block number. Right. All right, we're gonna get Mel on. Mel Allen. Little Mel. Mel. And if no one wins. If no one wins, then we, uh, Ryan, Stack Guy Rye. <laughs> Poor Stack Guy Rye. He, he, he's feeling a little left out today. Alright, All right, we're getting Mel. Melvin. No, it's like Mel. <laughs> it's just like Mel. Melanie. 
Oh, it's a, it's a woman? Yes. Okay, nice. Hello? Mel? Hi, uh, yeah. This is uh, Chris Jr. and Christian on NYY Sports Talk. How, how How's it going? It's great. How are you? Good. Uh, you have some time to answer some trivia? Oh, right now? Yes. <laughs> it's just three questions. Um, what? It's just three quick questions. Um, let me get my headphones on because like, I'm kind of in the store right now. No problem. Okay. All right. Mel's ready. Are you ready? Now, first, I first I have to ask you: Do you know what you get if you win the trivia? Is it Yankees tickets? No, the Yankees oh, tickets went last week. It is a players' weekend. Your choice of either Aaron Judge or Gary Sanchez, which would be all rise or Kraken players' weekend T-shirts. What? That's awesome. All right. Sounds all right. more excited over the T-shirt. <laughs> Listen, are you ready for your first question? In what year did the Yankees play their final season at the old Yankee Stadium? Uh, um, okay. I was alive when that happened. <laughs> uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think it was uh, 2008. Very yeah, good. all right. Okay. <laughs> All right, this one gets a little tougher. Oh my god! Okay. I you might just have to throw out a number here. Oh my god! Okay. All right. <laughs> Joe Torre was the Yankee manager from 1996 to 2007, which is 12 full seasons. How many seasons did the Yankees lose the AL East title in that time span? Oh my god. Oh, it's just a kid, and I have to, like, back out. It's okay. We could do it together. 96, they they won the World Series. Right? Yeah. They won the division, I'd say. 97? Hmm. <laughs> Not too sure about 97. 98, uh, 99, 2000. I think you should take a guess. Uh, I'm trying to do some mental math here. <laughs> um, from 1996 to 2007, you said. Mm-hmm. Just think of um, just think of a certain shortstop. Before you give this answer, think of a certain shortstop that uh, played during that era. Yeah. So your um, the question is how many times did they lose the AL championship? Uh, the AL East division. How many times did they not win the AL East in that time span? Your clue is to, your clue is to think of the shortstop of that team. That should give you the answer. Ninety six to two thousand seven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, right. Yes. Right now, listen. This is the last question, and you win. <laughs> two, two times out of 12 what were the years they didn't win the division what two years was that um the two years they didn't win yes. so 97 they didn't win mm-hmm. and um 2007 yes alright Mel Mel you win oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> now listen 
We'll tell. Well, <laughs> we'll get the logistics. Mel, just tell the fans uh, that are listening who who you picking, Sanchez or Judge, for your T-shirt. Uh, I have to decide now. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, you but... don't have to. I just thought everybody would like to know. Um, I'm probably gonna go with Judge, but uh, we'll see who hits a I home run tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. That's we're gonna base it on who hits a home run tonight. <laughs> Yeah, but he has a cool name, and I can wear, like, a judge's robe and stuff with it. That's true. All right. See? All right, Mel, thanks for coming Congratulations. On. We'll touch base with you and figure out the logistics and get the jersey ordered and over to you. Oh, yeah. And wait, you said a player's weekend or no? It's a player's weekend tee, t-shirt. Oh, oh, okay. All right? All right. Oh, cool. I'm so excited. Thank you so All much. All right, make sure you listen. We're it's uh, This episode will be released tomorrow. All right, are you going to edit out? Some of my, uh, my we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and make sure you go on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a rating and review, please. I will. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mel. All right. Have a great night. All right, Mel won the jersey there. It sounded as if she had a little Google going on in the background, but I don't know. I can't. I mean, Christ, we practically gave her the friggin' answer. It for was that. our fault. It was our fault. We should have had a timer. But I like it. I like her moves. Uh, whatever. You know what? At least she played along last week. Uh, Team Money 88 or whatever the hell his friggin' name was. He, His name just popped up in your stupid computer program. I so. like it. All right. So um, it's that time of the week again where we're heading <laughs> down on the farm. It's Ryan on the farm. What's up, Ryan? What's up? All right. We have some rehab assignment updates. So far, Greg Bird has looked really good for the AAA Rail Riders, who won their league-best 80th game on Monday. Bird has gone 8-for-17 with two home runs, four RBI, and two walks. Starlin Castro, in his rehab assignment so far, has gone 4-for-15 with an RBI and one walk. So a pretty good sign for both Bird and Castro. However... Not a good sign for Matt Holiday, who is playing high A ball for his assignment. Holiday, 0 for 10 with three strikeouts. He can't get off. Uh, he can't get a hit off a 19 year old kid. 19 if he's lucky. These kids in these high kids A are getting drafted. These out kids of, are fresh out of high, out of high school. school. Is They're he? They could be 17. Oh my goodness. He's done, man. But you know what? He brought he brought more to this team probably off the field anyway than he did on. His first half was probably more than I kind. To be honest with you, it was more than what I expected out of him when the uh, when they signed him last year. Yeah, I mean, he was a big bat in the middle of the lineup. So, well, you when, know, when Judge was mashing, hitting four hundred, and you know, well, Ryan brought up uh, Greg Bird, who's tearing it up down in AAA. How much longer are they going to keep him down there? I mean, if he's ready, he's ready. I just. Uh, I don't know why he's... I thought... And didn't Michael K say that he was going to be here for the... He said it pretty definitively, too, that he was going to be here for the Tiger series. He did. It was a declaration that he, he made on that. Like, I was I was dead set on it after he said it. I thought it wasn't like he he was giving an opinion. No, yeah, you're right. I agree. Yeah, but if he's going to hit like that, why is he burning away in Scranton? I think the Yankees don't want... When he comes up, it's gonna it's gonna ruffle some feathers. We'll ruffle the feathers then. Yeah, but if they're not, they need to be one hundred percent sure that the ankle's okay, that he's gonna perform before they go and do that. Because when he comes up, 
Headley isn't going to get much playing time. Or at least as much as he's getting now. And so you know you're what? saying the odd man out is Chase Headley. It's not Todd Frazier. No. Well, how could it be? What what Little League World Series <laughs> was Chase Headley ever the hero of? Seriously. Zero. Zero World Series. All right, so another New York Yankee that's uh, making his way back to the team as uh, we record this. Tanaka is about uh, two hours away from making his first start off the disabled list. So what do you expect from him now? Is he going to be close to the ace that he was the previous few years, or is he just going to be an inconsistent up-and-down guy that sometimes can go out there and throw a three-hitter and sometimes is out of there before the third inning? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be inconsistent for the rest of the year. But if the Yankees want any shot of of winning the World Series, he can't be hit or miss. He's got to be a guy that you're you're confident to give the ball to. You need to. You need a third guy behind. And, and let me ask you this. Yes. Severino was yes. good again when he last pitched, but he had against that game. The Mets. He had that game against Boston, right where he got lit up. If Severino throws a couple more of those Boston games in there and you're not feeling as confident as you once did, is he still your go-to? I don't think the if that happens, the Yankees don't have one guy that you're confident in giving the ball to in a wild card game. If Severino cannot pitch the way he pitched leading into that Boston game and then in the Met game, the Yankees are sunk. They don't have a guy. Look, not sunk, not sunk in a in a series. In a five-game series, if they got to come I out, I, I their starting pitching is good enough to keep them in ball games with that with the bullpen. I know the bullpen. he got blasted in the Red Sox game. He can't do that. I mean, if he's going to come out there and throw those types of games, the Yankees are they can't. I don't care if they brought back Babe Ruth from the dead. They're not gonna. They're not gonna come back from being down eight runs in the third inning. I guess not. But all right, so. I just want to bring up Sonny Gray really quick because I feel like no one ever talks about the guy. Uh, his nickname is Pickles for whatever friggin' reason. Nobody seems to know. I read an article Sunday morning that he thought it was because uh, he always seemed to pitch when Oakland wore green uniforms. And one of his former teammates said it's because he likes to eat pickles. I just think it's a really weird nickname, but... Whatever. Whatever. That's not just throw strikes. Just and, and be efficient. Did you? Did you? I didn't really know Sonny Gray was this deliberate when he was out in Oakland. You saw the game Sunday. He is taking a long time to throw pitches. I don't care about things like that. That doesn't I'm not bother you, Dad. Michael he... Kay, who complains about <laughs> his job is to announce the Yankee games, and he complains about the length of the game. I don't care how long he takes. He we're getting. We're getting what he's aver- what he's advertised as. He's pitched. Uh, he made three starts, allowed six runs over the course of seventeen innings. Right, six, six, and five. So he's yeah, you know, he's he's been. I thought it's been four starts. No, he's only made three. Ryan, Ryan, look that up for us, please. Uh, how many Sunny Gray starts for the New York Yankees? I thought it was four. Pretty sure it's four. Or was it four? Who did think- I miss? You first game he opened up against Toronto, right? No, he did pitch. Did he pitch in Toronto? No, his his, first, his debut was in uh, Cleveland when they kicked the ball around that game for him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's played against Cleveland, Toronto, the Mets, Mets. and the Red Sox. Red Sox. He hasn't allowed more than two runs in any of those starts, right? In the last game, he d- ended up 
two earned runs in each of the four starts. Oh, it was last game he didn't go past the six innings. Yeah. He was on a nine-game stretch. For nine consecutive games, he went at least six innings, only giving up two or so. He's been really, he's, he's been, been he's been consistent here. He's been very consistent. He I doesn't don't... have dominant put away stuff, and that's why you don't look at him as like some you know unbelievable power guy. Uh, Zach Morris is raising his hand in the class, <laughs> so he's, you know. he only has four starts where he didn't, or five starts where he didn't go six innings. Wow. Mm-hmm. Four and two third, four and two thirds, five, five and a third. And leave five it, leave it. Months. We'll leave it to Joe to to throw in. Now a here's few what more. I just want to touch on uh, Gray really quickly before we uh, start bringing this home and looking forward uh, to the rest of the week here. Like you said, he doesn't have that blow away put strikeout stuff. He had no strikeouts in the Red Sox series. Uh, in his Which Red was the first time all season that he did that. All right, but he also was up one two a lot. And he couldn't put hitters away. Does that concern you, or is that just a? Would you just say that? I attribute that to just not having his best stuff. When you don't have your best stuff, you're not talking about. Uh, this is the difference between the minor leagues and the major leagues, right? You could have, you could have an off day, but you know, on a one-two count, and you throw a, a changeup. These guys are, you know, swinging over them or swinging at bad pitches, and and that's going to be the difference in the major leagues. If you don't have good stuff and you're putting a ball right over the plate and it's not dropping off like you wanted to, they're going to make you pay for it. And I don't think it wasn't as deliberate as sometimes like Tommy Canley, right? Sorry to bring him up again, but we're talking about getting beat when you're ahead in the count. This guy, this guy threw three changeups in a row to Moreland on. On Friday, Friday night, yeah, yeah, it was Friday, three in a row. You can't. I don't care how nasty it is. You don't do it three times in a row. You got to keep these guys off balance. I know it worked for Robertson. Who do you strike out to get? Robertson has stuff that, but most people don't have. Who who do you strike out to get out of that inning? Ah, it was someone pretty big. It wasn't Hanley, was it? I no. Something tells me it was. But anyway. Ryan, while Ryan looks that up for us, I'm sure he can bring up the box score from uh, Saturday night. Wasn't it Bogarts? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So, what was I saying? Bogarts was one of the hitters. I, I think it was. While it worked for Robertson that he threw three curveballs in a row and each one was better than the last one, I, it's just a thing of mine. Like, if I was a pitching coach manager, I would never want my pitcher to throw the same pitch three times in a row. I would always... The third one, show him something different. Yeah. And I think that's – and I and Canely had to have thrown that third change up better than he threw the first two, and he did it, and he got beat. He could have beat Moreland with that same exact pitch a pitch later had he put a fastball on his eyes. Real quick, and we got then we got to start wrapping up here. But that's one thing about Sonny Gray, and, and that's why when he doesn't have his best stuff, he, he kept the team in the game. So you can't ask – you know – you're not always going to go out there and have your best stuff, but they constantly have been talking about how Sonny Gray throws four pitches or so, but he throws them in five different variations. He does. So when he's off and he's not throwing, you know, he's throwing a changeup. He's trying to get it to drop off, you know, off the table into the dirt, and sometimes it's it's not. It's staying over the plate, and that's why a guy like Sonny Gray, who doesn't have put away stuff, if he doesn't have his good stuff that day, he's going to get beat on 0-2, 1-2 counts once hey, in a while. Hey, Chris, do you realize something? We're heading into the final segment of the show. 
And there's been no wife bashing today. That was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) They did watch. They did listen to the whole show. We thought we were going to get away with it. And we didn't. Because this is the one thing that we did that our wives took interest in. And we kind of got hit for it. We got Stack Guy Rye uh, up here. Got, it, Xander Bogarts was the final. All right. Strike. Thank you for that. So, uh, no wife bashing today. No, Maybe love, week I three. I love my wife. You hear that, Meg? He loves you. Just like I love my wife. He just winked, Lindsay, when he, <laughs> when he did that. What a dirtbag you are. All right, let's wrap up here. We got uh, we got the Detroit Tigers coming up this week. Followed- who, who, who have the same record right now. Maybe not when you're listening to this, but right now on Tuesday, they have the same record as the New York Mets. And the Yankees were hot when the Tigers came into the stadium a couple weeks ago, and then they lost two straight games to the Tigers and went back into this funk that they're in. So do you expect them to go and win a series? I'm going to make it. I made a bold prediction. Here's his bold prediction. Saying that. They were going to sweep the Mets, which is, I don't care how bad the team is. It's tough to sweep a team. It is. In four, four games. In four games. It, yeah. Okay. When you're switching atmospheres, too. They went from, from Yankee to City. Here's my prediction, and I'm not making it because I'm an unrealistic, optimistic Yankee fan, because right now I'm pretty down on them winning the division, but because this team constantly. Uh, you're. Every day I wake up, I have a different feeling. And I'm just like, okay, they're done. They're not going to win the division. And then two days later, you're like, but, you know, Boston lost. So I, here, so here's my prediction. By the end of this series, the Yankees will be. They're four out now. They have three games left. I think Boston. It's a four-game series over Labor I know. Day weekend. I think Boston loses two more of those series. Uh, two more of those games against Cleveland. And I think the Yankees take two out of three against Detroit. All right, so, so. After we go to – are they going to – give me – I'm sorry, right? Give me a Detroit's uh, rotation for this week because the guy pitching tonight is hovering around 5-5-0 as his ERA. But our ace is pitching. It's Boyd and then Zimmerman's tomorrow. Oh, great. That worked out well So the first time. And who's who? You have anything for uh, Thursday's game? Hold on. You can't you can't look into this team like that because that they can hit you on any given day. It doesn't matter what they did last time out. I would almost prefer them facing like a Chris Sale. Chris Sale, they actually win because they I put think up they, they, they score to these pitchers. I. I, you can't say that. I shouldn't. You know, I shouldn't say that. But they, they. Oh, something else too. I just thought of Fulmer. Fulmer, who they beat, who was the guy that they beat in that right. series, is probably Detroit's best pitcher. So something else. I said how the Yankees play up. Whoever's facing Chris Sale pitches neck neck and neck with the guy. Yeah. And I forget who posted the stat. Do you do you remember I think I retweeted it on our on our page on how great the Yankees pitching has been uh against Chris Sale. So, you know, they play on a higher level against guys like him. So who knows? Alright, so then they come home for three against Seattle. 
That's Players Weekend. Um, I'm actually going to the game Sunday, which is a Roldis Chapman bobblehead day. So um, that might be the giveaway next week. I don't think fans are going to get to the gym and, and ask if they're if they're one can, of the eighteen thousand, and if they are, they're gonna, like, they're nah, gonna wait. It's like, can I, I was like, uh, can I light my face on fire <laughs> instead? Um, so when the Yankees get through these next two series, what are you looking at? Four and two record over. You think that they could take two out of three against Detroit in Detroit? Three Seattle at home. Yeah. You think that's asking too much of them? No, I think they have to, and I think they will. All right. So as we move along here, we'll... now this is the thing that frustrates you because you're thinking five out, they're done. Now the Red Sox drop a game. The Yankees can pick up a, easily pick up a game throughout this week and be back down three again where they're still playing four games against Boston. Destiny's still in their own hands. Are you – Still looking at the division, or is the wild card their sole entry? I into... think we answer this with just one answer. I don't think we dive into it. I think we we just say wild card or division. All right. So what are they going to win? All right. So if you want... any or or neither. Are the, all right. So four games out right now as we record this. How are the Yankees getting into the playoffs? Yes or no? Yes. Are they the wild card or division winner? Division. You you're really going there? Yeah. You see Boston playing four games worse than the Yankees over the course of the next yes. month. Um, I I don't see it happening. That's not one word answer. So ask me the question, smartass. Wild card or division? Wild card. Definite? You sure? I'm pretty. I would say eighty five percent. Stack guy Rye. Not yeah. paying attention. Ra- at yeah, he's Sorry. he's wild too- card or division. Wild card. Wow. So I'm the only one. I think I, I read today the the Red Sox if the Red Sox go 25 and 13 in their final what 38 games the Yankees would have to go 30 and 10 to win more games. They're not the going 30 and 10 over the last five if, weeks. Listen, if the Red it Sox doesn't go 25 and 13. They'll win those stats. Total those games. stats are all great and and whatever. And you read them and you just say there's no way they're winning the division. They still have four games left against them. That's the one reason. That's the only reason. So by the time Labor Day weekend comes around, the Yankees have to have that at three and then sweep. And they do that, then I'll tell you they're the division winner at when we record that podcast. Yeah. All right. I will tell you that. Great. And I win. You win what? I win. He wins nothing, people. He's not games. He's not eligible for the contest. Just win games, man. Would you rather play Houston in the first round or Cleveland in the first round? Hmm. Oh, neither. <laughs> I would. Play I would not. I'd want rather f- play Houston because Houston's falling off a little bit. You know why I would. You know why my answer is uh, Cleveland. The Yankees are afraid of Dallas Keuchel. They're afraid of him. And what about McCullers and F- Fires or whatever the hell his name is? They. They. Since that wild card game in 2015, the Yankees have had this. I don't know, this attitude towards uh, Dallas Keuchel, like he's friggin' a Von Drago going to kill, and they're, and they're Apollo Creed, like that's, like, oh, we're just gonna get murdered This here. is gonna be where I put the wrap-up music in? No, it's not, because and... we have one more question to ask. Alright, last topic of the day, and then we're gonna let you guys go, and we're gonna get out of here ourselves. Uh, I'm not even sure if he said this before we recorded the last podcast, but I wanted to bring it up. The mandate has changed. Uh, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Yankees, and now they went out there and they made the Chicago White Sox trade. They went out and got Sonny Gray, 
And Hal has come out and said that it, they basically got to make it to the playoffs right now. So where does it end? I, I shouldn't say where does it end, but ha- what has to happen at this point in the season for Joe Girardi not to be the manager in 2018 now that Hal has said that? What, in your opinion? Um, I think it'll go as far as he can win the, a wild card spot and still keep his job, but they have to win that game. So I if think, they make I it into a Stein, full series. I think the Steinbrenners need to see this team in a full series this year. They need to see what what this team's capable of in a series in the postseason. They need to see what they've built on a, on this high of a level. So and, and you don't see that in just a one-game playoff. You need to win that game. You need to see how this team's built within a series of a five-game series, best of seven, whatever. They need to see that out of Joe. And I, and I still, at that point, don't think they come out and tell Joe he's fired. I think it's more of a it's time for you to step down type thing and let him go with respect. So Yankees come out wild card game. Let's say Anaheim locks up the, the number two seed. They beat Anaheim and then face whoever and get swept. That's enough for Girardi to keep his job. Is that enough? Just winning the I one don't know. game. I don't know. No matter I, the performance it, in the divisional I think it series. Depends, I think it depends on, on how it's played out. I think barring an embarrassment in the wild card game where I'm talking they lose fourteen to one, I think just winning the wild card is enough. Yeah, I that's what I just said. No, but you said they had to win the wild card game. Oh, oh, oh I no, meant no, no, I'm no, no, no. I'm talking that just them getting to that game no, is enough for how that There's he no way. All right. Well, again, expectations have changed, so we can agree to disagree on that. But hopefully, we agree that we uh, had another successful podcast here. Yeah, Katie Sharp is awesome. Katie thank you Sharp, so much. Katie Sharp, once again, thank you uh, for coming on, spending some time with us, dropping some nuggets of information. Everyone listening, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk, uh, and check out our site nyysportstalk.com. Uh, our podcast that you're listening to now is not only available on our site, but on iTunes and Stitcher Radio now. So make sure you drop us a rating and a, and a review, uh, whether it's good, bad, whatever. Just give us something. If you're listening to this, you should be following us on Twitter. That's all I have to say. All right. Anything else? That it's guy, that guy Rye. Rye. You got anything? To... Uh, Katie Sharp's Twitter is at KT Sharp. We hit that already. Oh, you got it but already? I got I like I like the follow up. I like the wrap up. All right, we're gonna That's K T the letters. K T sharp. Like kangaroo tiger. Sharp. Perfect. There you go. Uh this is Christian. Uh you can find me personally at Christian underscore N Y Y S T. Thanks once again for listening. And uh Christian got anything to say? No. He's got nothing to say. Just win. Just win, baby. Just win. Actually, isn't that a Dallas Cowboy thing? I don't want to end on that. I do. Ah, Not that I'm a Cowboy fan. Cow- just... Garbage organization. Ugh. Ugh, exactly. All right. This is a this has been uh the second episode of NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Woo-hoo.